How many of you like camping? Are you more of a backpacking style camping, primitive? Or are you more of a glamping style, where there's <laughs> running water, flushing toilet, hot showers, um, electricity, and all that? Or sometimes people bring their RVs, and you have your AC, and you have a nice bed, and kitchen, and all that. <laughs> um, I love camping. Uh, whether that would be RV camping or a little bit more primitive, um, I just like camping. And um, God has led Israelites out of Egypt, the mighty and powerful nation, the, the greatest superpower country at that time, to the promised land. And if you think about it, they came out of Egypt. If you know your map, world map, from Egypt to Israel, do you know the distance? I looked it up from Cairo, the capital city of, of Egypt, to Jerusalem is about 700 something kilometer, which is about 450 or so miles. Now, Cairo is in the northeast corner of Egypt. And if you think about the whole country, if someone had to travel from the south, it would be longer, maybe, let's say, about 1,000, or maybe a little more than 1,000 miles. For, for people to walk about 1,000 miles, how long do you think it would take on a road trip, on a journey? Whatever your estimate is, it's not 40 years, okay? <laughs> people... Uh, scholars estimate it would have taken about two weeks or so, maybe a little bit more because they have children and animals and so on, a little bit more, but obviously not years of time. If you were to drive now, you could drive it in about a day, 500 miles, yeah, you can do it in a day, but why did it take that long? What happened? And we'll talk about that today. I went to Oshkosh this week. Oh, that was exciting. As I was preparing for the sermon today, I had to really resist the temptation of showing you all the photos and all the pictures because it was just exciting. But I had to just stop myself, resist myself not to do that because when the Pathfinders come back, they have to show the pictures. So if I show you, show you all the pictures now, it's not going to be as fun. So I'll just talk about touch a little bit about what we experienced. But Oshkosh, for those of you who have been there, you know what it is like. For those of you who have not been there, I'll tell you a little bit about Oshkosh 2019. This is an international uh, Pathfinder Campery, which they have started back in the 1980s. And this year, they have, their tickets have been sold out for the North American tickets have been sold out on February, in February 2019. International tickets have been sold out in December of 2018, last year. Sold out. 47,000 tickets within America have been sold out. 3,200 tickets international guests for the international guests have been sold out. So um, there, there is no exact number, but obviously it is more than 50,000 people that are on the Campari site. Some guest, guesstimate um, 
55,000, 53,000, 57,000, we don't know with all the volunteers and everyone, but more than 50,000 people were there. Uh, day passes have been sold out long time ago. Now, this is what I heard from somebody there on, on campus saying that uh, Oshkosh is a very, very small city. Um, the biggest city in, in Wisconsin, what is the biggest city? I think it's Milwaukee. Milwaukee is the biggest city, about an hour and 30 minutes south from that Oshkosh area. But during that one week, that becomes the second largest city in Wisconsin. <laughs> and if you think about the population density, that beats probably the whole, any place in whole America. Think about 50,000 people within like one square mile. <laughs> you can't find that many people anywhere. So that's what happens. And totaling of 50 plus thousand people uh, on campground within about a mile or a little bit more than a square mile area. And each campsite is just like a campsite. You know, you have people and you could hear people. You could hear people talking and cooking and eating and laughing, all that. But when you actually go to the activity areas where the hangars are, because it's an airport, hangars, uh, it's just like how many people you see on Black Friday. It's people just flock into that area. It's just everywhere. You will actually get, if you fall down, people can actually step on you without knowing. There are, that's how many people there are. Just amazing amount of, amount of people there. So many. So the first night, opening night, um, I picked up my rental car and I went to Walmart to pick up some, some supplies. So there is Oshkosh Walmart about three miles away from the, from the actual campsite. When I went there, guess what? <laughs> the parking lot. There is no parking space <laughs> in the parking lot. I've never seen so many RVs, so many buses, so many cars in one parking space. It's just jam-packed. I walk into the Walmart. <laughs> Everybody walking out has their cart full of bread, like vegetables and fruit. Basically, that Walmart is just wiped out. <laughs> Lines were super long because it was the first night. Because most people do not want to travel with their food. Right? I mean, some do. Like canned food, you can probably pack and, and ship it. But some, they just buy groceries there. And they have to buy food for like 10 people, 50 people, sometimes 100 people for the whole week because they don't want to run out. And that Walmart wasn't prepared. <laughs> it was just wiped out. Um, that's how it was when I first went there the first night. And when I went to the watermelon section, no watermelon left. Tomato section, no tomatoes left. Went to vegetable section, nothing left. Basically, all vegetable, all fruit section, just totally gone. Nothing. They, yeah, they had other sections, clothing section and other, nothing, nothing's going on. There's like hardly anybody there. Few people walking by with their carts, like casually, like, you know, locals. But the fruit section, the vegetable section, just like a whole bunch of people there. That's what happened there at Oshkosh. It was just very interesting. On campus and the campground, the showers, 
oh man <laughs> people line up there are so many showers i mean within that shower facility one shower facility they probably had about like 70 80 showers so that it, it goes by really fast but the lines were really really long our kids our pathfinder kids they say you know what i'm gonna go to bed now 10 11 p.m i'll wake up in the morning to go to shower they got up at three in the morning Still, they had to wait five minutes to go in. It's just crazy. Um, have you seen like a long line of really well-organized porta parties? <laughs> Some are like, in, in small campsites, they have like six or ten porta parties. In event sites, they have like 25 porta parties, one area. And if you walk a little bit more, another 25 porta parties, all lined up. But service trucks had to come in every day <laughs> i mean seriously they had to come in every day <laughs> for those many porta parties it was just jam-packed it was great great to have that many people from all around the world just to come and just to be on the place in the premises where you know that everyone is avanist everyone is a pathfinder everyone is on fire for young people it was a great feeling. The energy you felt, it was just amazing. And that campground, um, Oshkosh, Wisconsin, just so, I mean, it's, it's big, but not that big if you think about it. Just about a mile and a half and about a mile. So this is like about, what, 600, square, uh, 600 acres or so. But you had to walk. I mean, some people have golf, cart, golf carts, the, the directors and so on, but not everybody has that. So your basic thing is to walk. If you're to walk from one end to the other, one corner to the other, you can just go straight. But because they're all campsites, you can't. You have to go follow the streets. So guess how many, how much we walked each day? It's about a mile and mile and a half when I looked at the map. We were averaging about 10 miles of walking every day because you go to one site and come back and you go out, go out again and come back. You do that about two, three times every day, average. And then within that place, you walk around. So 9 to 10, 12 miles average every day. I was doing about 26,000 steps a day, 20,000 steps a day, easy. And that's what we did every day in the hot sun or in the rain. That's what we did. So those of you who want to go to Oshkosh, sign up. Next Oshkosh is happening in 2024. <laughs> so please prepare and mark your calendar for that. That experience, because it was my first time there in Oshkosh, that experience gave me a little glimpse of what it was like, what it would have been like when the Israelites came out of Egypt and they were on their journey to the Promised Land. How long did they spend in the wilderness? How many years? 40 years they spent, 40 years. So some spend their whole life pretty much there in, the, in campsites. Now, uh, Numbers 11.4, uh, Numbers 11 talks about how um, people complain all the time. Uh, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but Numbers 11 talks about how people were complaining that, you know what, we have no meat to eat. You know, when we were in Egypt, we ate meat and fish for free. 
and oh man, I wish I can just eat. So here, verse 5. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost, also the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic, but now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. That's what they said. They were now complaining about, oh man, this is, yeah. So there at Oshkosh, we had, you know, we ate well. We had lots of food, but it's not like you eat at home, right? Camping food, when, you're, when you go camping, the food is always camping food. Uh, and we couldn't have campfire, so we couldn't have like corn or marshmallow or s'mores. We couldn't have any of that because that's the highlight of camping, right? <laughs> but still, we had good food. But imagine you do that for 40 years. Right? Let's say do that for like a year. You will get sick of that food. And I understand where they're coming from, but they're complaining all the time. Did they not have any meat at all on their campsite? All they ate was just dry food? What do you think? Did they have meat? Okay, these people, children of Israel, they just came out of Egypt. They were, before that, what were they? What, what kind of people were they? They're nomads. They go around, take care of sheep and cattle and whatnot. That's what they do. So do they, did they have animals as they were traveling along? Yes. When they go to have sacrifice, they bring their animals. So yes, they had meat. They had beef. They had lamb. I mean, like all kinds of meat that they can imagine. Lamb or red meat they had. But they were complaining, oh, fish and you know, other things. They didn't have a lot of vegetables, I assume, because they couldn't really farm in, in the wilderness. But God provided the food for them, but they're like, you know, this food that God gives us is not good. You know, I hate this food. That's what they did. But um, they had meat, and, and because they were complaining, Moses prayed to God, like, you know what, God, why, would you, why do you bring this trouble on me? Like, I wish that you didn't choose me to be a leader. I mean, now I'm going to die. Just, just kill me. It's just better for me to just die than listen to these, these people complaining. And there, God said something very, very interesting. And, um, and God says, um, and Moses in verse 12 says, Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in, in my arms as a nurse and carry an infant? And he's complaining on and on and on. And um, God says, God tells Moses something interesting says, bring out elders, 70 elders, they will help you. But God also promises, you know what? I'm going to give these people meat. Not one meal, not one day, not one week, but whole month of supply of food. And when God told Moses that, do you know what Moses said? Do you know what his response was? What did he say? Verse 21, but Moses said, here I am among 600,000 men on foot, not counting women and children, on foot. And you say, I'll give them meat to eat for a whole month. Would they have enough, it if, if, would they have enough if flocks and herds were slaughtered for them? Would they have enough if all the fish in the sea were caught for them? 
Now, was he trusting in God or was he doubting? He was thinking, God, I mean, 600,000 men, 2 million people, there is no way. That's what he was saying. When I was there at Oshkosh, that's how I felt. And look at all these people. What do they eat? How much, how much food do we consume a day? Because there were just so many people. But you know what? We had 50,000 people, or 55,000 or so. But if you say 50,000, how much bigger is the, the camp of Israelites compared to Oshkosh? Can, can someone do the math? 50,000, 2 million. Someone good at math? <laughs> I calculated it's about 40 times bigger. So if I was walking about uh, 10 miles a day, for you to walk around the camp in Israel, you're walking how many miles from one end to the other end of the campsite? I don't know, probably 30, 50 miles? More than that? I don't know. It's just 40 times bigger. 40 times. Just imagine you have like 40 times bigger of that. That's just enormous. And God says, I'm going to give them food. And Moses was like, are you sure? We have a lot of people. And this is what God answers. And he says, um, the, the Lord answered Moses, is the Lord, Lord's arm too short? You will now see whether or not what I, what I say will come true for you. Is the Lord's arm too short? Now, was God's arm short, too short to do that? To do what God has promised? No. He provided the food. So he brought winds from the ocean, from the sea, and the quails came and covered up everything. It says... Not only enough for the campsite, but the Bible says there were quails everywhere from a day's walk and in any direction. That's how many birds were. So they didn't have to really catch birds. They could just go and just grab birds. You, you didn't have to have any kind of equipment. You just go and like swing your arm, you will catch your bird. That's what happened. That's what happened the whole month. That's what God did. You know what? Does God provide our needs? Yes, he does. At Oshkosh, God provided. I mean, I felt God providing the need for us. My family went camping a few years ago, and that particular campsite we didn't know near Bixer had lots of squirrels. They were cute. You know, like you're eating, and they come, and they, they want some food too. They're cute if they come near you, but if they come too close, it's not cute. <laughs> uh, they, they are, um, yeah, they're vicious. They're bothersome. Like, they, you, like, chase them, they pretend that they go away. They pretend they're scared, but they're not. <laughs> they actually come, like, they come on your table, like, to your plate, almost. So we had to chase them. And we were, we were able to manage them while we were eating. Now, we left to go pick up something or go to the beach or something. After a couple hours, we came back. Guess what? They came inside our tent, 
went through our food storage and everything. Because we closed the zippers, but they had, there was maybe like a quarter size opening. And when we came back, our neighbors came to us and said, you know what, while you were gone, there were about 10 squirrels went inside your tent and they were going through everything. So sorry, but we went inside and we chased them out and we locked up everything. Please go through your storage and throw away what, you don't, what, what they went through. We went inside, they went through half of what we brought. <laughs> Bread, the plastic bags, and things that were like vegetables and grains, whatever that was, they could not go in. Like canned food, they couldn't touch it because it's all sealed. If there is all like plastic, ba- pl- the plastic containers locked, they couldn't get in. But like plastic bags, they went through the whole bread. I mean, if they go through it, you can't eat it, right? So we threw away half of what we had, what we brought. We had to go buy some other supplies. After that, do you think they looked cute? <laughs> no. My kids were like angry. <laughs> they were like, try to chase them away. That's what happened to us. Another time we went camping, um, actually this year we went camping after many, many years of not camping. We didn't know, but when we went there, we found out the whole campground was on a giant anthill. Fire anthill. <laughs> so we got there, we pitched our tent, and something's crawling around. Like a whole bunch of them. They're like, oh, red ants, fire ants. And we didn't really care much. The next morning, we got up. I had my flip-flops on. And uh, I went to walk around and grabbing my food and whatnot. And ouch, I felt something. Guess what? Fire ants were inside my like, flip-flops. I'm stepping on this guy. He's like, hey, get out of my way. And he bit me. But I, my family members, they all changed into sneakers. I refuse to do so because, hey, this is my campground, and I'm here on my vacation. I'm just going to enjoy it. <laughs> and fire ants were like, you are, you are invading my property. <laughs> you get out of my way. And they don't really bite you, but if you step on them, and if they're in your shoes, yes. Because they are squished. They bite you. Like, I want to survive. So guess what? I got bitten three times. I learned my lesson. After three times, I changed into sneakers. <laughs> then I didn't get bitten anymore. But we tried like baking soda because Park Ranger said baking soda may work. We tried baking soda, it didn't work. We bought uh, ant spray, it didn't work. Nothing worked. So basically, you just have to learn how to live with them. Israelites, 40 years in the wilderness. Do you hear anything about squirrels, snakes? One time, snakes, because God said, you know what? If you complain so much, I'm going to lift my protection for a little bit. See what it is like. But at Oshkosh, after eating, we left our food in the storage. We left our food in the tent. We left everything there. I was worried, like, oh, what about rats? What about chipmunks? What about squirrels? How about snakes? None of them. We didn't have to worry about anything. It was all good. No fire ants, no ants, nothing. We just had lots of mosquitoes, but that's about it. That's about it. So I'm thinking God really, really protected us so that we didn't have to deal with any of the rats or other bugs except for mosquitoes. 
I think it really was a miracle that God has provided. Um, you know, if you think about it, every day there at Oshkosh was a miracle after miracle. That's how I feel. When we live our lives here on earth, it's a miracle every day, a miracle after miracle every day. We just don't realize it. For the fact that you can wake up in the morning and greet everyone and go to work, go to school, that alone is a miracle. Do you realize that? How many people get into car accidents and you are okay? And if you get into an accident, it's a minor accident, you, are, you survived. Maybe you have some scratches here and there, but you're okay. So that is God's protection, whether you realize it or not. Israelites went through the same thing. They had manna every day. They're like, you know what? At first, they're like, what is this manna? But then later on, they're like, oh, we have this every day, and I'm sick and tired of this. That's what they did. They got used to the blessings that God has given them. Do you get used to the blessings that God gives you every day? We need to realize something. Really, God is blessing us. Because we had walked so much, each night we were so tired. The kids will just crash into bed. Before they talk, maybe about an hour or two of talking. Like, okay, lights out, bedtime. We put, we put them into the tent and they go in. And like, they talk. Guys, time to sleep. Go to bed. Okay. They talk <laughs> all night. <laughs> they're tired, but they're not tired. I was tired. <laughs> but there were a lot of golf carts going back and forth um, for people who had to work and so on. I wanted to hitchhike so badly because you have a mile to walk and you have another mile to walk back. And it's only like 10 in the morning, right? <laughs> So I wanted to hitchhike, but I couldn't get a, get a golf cart to stop and, and give us a ride. But one day, we were able to get a hitchhike. We were able to get a golf cart. This guy, we were at the main stage. That's one far end of, of the campsite. We had to go to the other end because our campsite was on the south gate, which is almost to the other end of the gate. So we had to walk about a mile and a mile and a half to go, to, go, to, go there and then come back to the main stage again. And we saw this guy on a golf cart, like, hey, hey, can you give us a ride? There were three people, three of us. Can you give us a ride? He said, like, sure, hop on. So we got on there, and then he was driving us. He said, you know what? I didn't realize, he was driving the golf cart. And he said, you know, I didn't realize this campsite is this big. I've never been to this part of campsite. This is so big. You were going to walk all this way? And he went out of his way all the way to our campsite. He drove us there. We called him an angel. <laughs> and we asked him, what's your name? My name's Andrew. He said, okay, I'm going to use you, your story for my sermon this week. And I'm talking about his story now. We thought he was an angel. And as soon as we got out, and then he said, thank you. And he turned around. He turned his golf cart around. Guess what? Somebody else said, hey, can you give us a ride? <laughs> he said, sure, hop on. So that was a really nice guy too. But I think that really was an angel. I think so. But a lot of times, we don't really realize the helping hand of God, helping us, assisting us, guiding us, protecting us. We think it's just a stranger passing by. We think it's just something else. I don't know what happened, but, you know, we're okay. But a lot of times, God's protecting hand is over us, protecting us. We just don't see it the way how it is. Moses reacted 
to God as we often do. Trying to figure out how God will perform this miracle, and Moses couldn't figure it out, but God never asked him to figure it out. God said, I'll provide, and he did, because his arm is not shortened. There are two things that we often do. We often calculate God's promise and say, you know what? I don't think that's going to work. Well, that is not supposed to work in our brain. God has thousand different ways to provide. If we try to figure it out, it never works out. But God always finds ways to provide. When God has promised, his promise will be fulfilled. It will come true. Do you believe in that? If you don't, learn to believe God's promises. Because anytime God promises, that his word will come true. But Moses here was doubting. Second thing that we do often is that we often overlook God's power. Overlook what he does. And we take advantage of what God does. Oh, he does it all the time. Like, you know, it's, a, it's not a big deal. Oh, at first you may say, you know what? This is a great thing that he has done. But later on, we forget. We just think we are not grateful anymore. And we say, oh, he does it all the time. Just like people, how Israelites talked about manna. I want to read from a state uh, Bible commentary about this story. It says, Many in Israel attributed the difficulties that uh, beset their nation to inability on the part of God to deliver them. So they were thinking, you know what? If you are going through a difficulty, any trouble is not because of us. It's because God is not able to deliver us. God is not strong enough. God is not powerful enough to help us with this. But guess what? It's not because of God. They blamed God for their woes. The Lord now answered their cavil. Fault, the fault lies not with him, but with them. God is still strong and good. His arm is still powerful and his ear still attentive to the cries of his children. He can and will help when uh, hindrances are removed. So God is promising that if we remove the hindrances that we have in us, God still is powerful. His arm is still strong. He's going to deliver us when we are ready. When we are not ready, God is not going to work on our behalf. The problem is with us, not with God. So, friends, when I went to Oshkosh, I realized, you know what? God must have worked really hard to provide for God's people through 40 years of journey. Looking at Oshkosh, that had to be. It's just there is no other way but God to work it out. But children of Israel, when they were going through the, children, the, the wilderness, at first, wow, this is amazing. Now we are free. We are going to the promised land. But later on, they're like complaining all the time. We are living in that complacency. We are living in this world. We are going through the wilderness right now. We are about to go into the promised land and say, God, your promise to deliver us is about to happen. But how many of you, how many of you really believe his promise will come true? And what God said will happen. Two years ago, 
when we were moving down to San Diego, we were house hunting. So Loma Linda to San Diego is about two hours, but here, Poway, about an hour and a half. We were looking for a house, and we were looking every day, and there was one house that came up for house showing, open house, rental house. So I said, okay, honey, let's go. Let's go check this house out. So we made a plan. Okay, so the house showing is at certain hour, maybe like 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. So we went to pick up the kids earlier that day. Let's go, because it's at an hour and a half. We have to go look at the house, and maybe this is a house that we can move into. And we hop on the car, we picked up the kids, and we, we went on. Uh, 2.15 and 15. We were, we were driving. About 15 minutes of driving, uh, it said an hour and 30 minutes. And then that green light turned into ye to yellow light. What does that mean? Traffic. And it got delayed to like one hour and 45 minutes. And I'm like, okay, there is traffic. And then five minutes more driving, now it turned into red. Two hour. I'm driving and the distance is getting, the time is getting longer and longer. It says now the fastest route is not through 15, but through, through 91 and then take five and go down. I'm like, okay. We'll go. So we went around to Corona to go down. And the more I drive, the time is now two hours and 15 minutes, two hours and 30 minutes, and eventually became three hours. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I learned that there, is a, there was a huge accident, and we just couldn't make it. I mean, we would miss the appointment. There was no point of going. It will be done. So we just turned around after about 45 minutes of driving, and we just turned around and came back. Have you ever been stuck in a long traffic that cars don't move? Yeah, I'm sure you've experienced something like that. Yes. <laughs> but imagine your two-hour two hour drive becomes four hours. Oh, you'll be very, very tired and upset, right? But what if that two-hour drive becomes 20 hours? Could you handle it? or about 200 hours. That's what happened to the Israelites. That two weeks of travel became 40 years. Can you handle that? That's equivalent to two-hour drive becoming 20,000 hours. That's what happened to them. They were tired. Why did that happen? Because when spies brought back the report, they said, oh, we can't go. There is no way. We are like grasshoppers to the giants because they complained. Watch out when you complain in your life. Something bad could happen. But that's exactly what happened to them. But guess what? When God said you have to go wander around in the wilderness for 40 years, along came God's providence. God provided for them for 40 years. God said, I'll drag you for 40 years in the wilderness. But at the same time, God didn't say this. God didn't say this like with his mouth. But he provided food for 40 years. He provided water for 40 years. Do you know what else God says here? It says, Deuteronomy 29.5. Yes, the Lord says, During the 40 years that I led you through the wilderness, your clothes did not wear out, nor did the sandals on your feet. My kids, they, <laughs> I need to get, get them new pair of sneakers every three to six months. 
When I buy my sneakers, I can wear them for like two years, three years. My kids, three months, either they outgrow their sneakers or their soles wear out. I mean, I don't know how they do it, but they do it. <laughs> three to six months, they need a new pair of sneakers. Can you imagine wearing the same sandals for 40 years? Sandals don't break for 40 years? Can you imagine that? Wearing the same suit for 40 years. Same underwear for 40 years. Can you imagine that? <laughs> That's exactly what happened because God miraculously provided for the whole Israelites. While they were complaining, while they were saying, you know what, God, we don't like you. We want to go back. I mean, I don't think you let us out of Egypt. We want to go back. These are the gods that helped us. They were despising God. They hated God. They complained. They didn't listen to God. They disobeyed God. Yet, God provided for them for 40 years until God let them into the promised land. Do you believe that God is going to bring us, deliver us into the promised land? Are you looking forward to the time, looking forward to the time that God is going to deliver us into the promised land? That time is coming very, very short. And that is going to happen at any moment now. Be prepared. Be ready. Let us not complain. Let us believe in God who will deliver us and he would fulfill, who will fulfill the word that he has promised. How many of you believe that God is going to fulfill the promises that God has given us? How many of you believe, how many of you want to go into the promised land? I pray that we would have faith in God until the day that he will deliver us into the promised land where we can be free up in heaven where we can meet God and be with him all the time. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you so much for everyday miracle that you provide in us in our, in our daily lives. Oftentimes, we forget about your promise. Oftentimes, we calculate the things that God has promised and say, God, this is not possible. But Lord, help us to put aside, put aside our disbelief, unbelief. Help us to believe in your promises because God's hand is not shortened. You are still strong. You are still powerful. Help us to have faith in you so that we can go into the promised land. Please bless all of us so that we could be in heaven together very soon. Until that time, please bless your people. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.